episode a little shorter since Gremlins 2 is a short movie and I liked it still yeah. it's not like it's it was longer than I thought because I thought I could yeah, get it like done an hour in... and f- over 40 minutes I thought I could get her done in 90 and then I realized oh this is much longer than that because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched I, mean... the, I watched the end of the Vikings game and then it was like 3 30 and then WWE started at five, so I'm like, I'm gonna fit in Gremlins two right in this <laughs> this window here. Didn't quite make it. Gosh, so did you pause it and then come back later? No, I finished it because it was just the pre-show. But um, by the time I got in there, they were doing the the first match. Mm. So, darn it! No harm, no fall. All this right. one was like an hour forty-five, right? Something like that. Yep. I felt like there was a lot more there than the first one, you know? Just a lot more jokes. Yeah. Plot. Are we rolling? I wouldn't say there's more plot. A little bit. I mean, they're just more I'd say there's thematic elements. Plot. Yeah. I'd say there's less plot. Yeah. I guess. Not so much plot as much as just little fun scenes just mm-hmm. f- to make some jokes. and. But there's a lot more like... That's not plot. <laughs> that scenes to make jokes. That's filler. It's sure. you're comparing that's Family Guy to more, South Park. That's, that's, technically, more filler. that's technically filler. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It just made it more fun. There's more interesting stuff going on. Did you watch Key and Peel? Did you see the skit they did about the the rating of Gremlins too? No. Oh, it's hilarious. The rating. The rating. Oh. Like they're brainstorming for Gremlins too. Mm-mm. And then the uh, Hollywood sequel doctor, um, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, I forget. It's Jordan Peele plays it. Yeah, something Magic uh, Jackson Jr. or something like that. And he's like, uh, everybody gets to create their own gremlin, <laughs> and they go around. And the first guy's like, "How about a brainy gremlin?" And then he like freaks out. He's like, and he talks and he wears glasses and he sings new york new york it's in the movie <laughs> and then there's spider gremlin and bat gremlin and lady gremlin googly-eyed gremlin yeah electricity gremlin and then the last guy's like can the hulkster be in the movie <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he just throws in the the script doctor just throws in his own vegetable gremlin <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he's gotta go uh, he excuses himself because he's got to go put Cowboys in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah nice. it's kind of poking fun at how and then, like, that shit crazy Gremlins yeah. 2 is. Yeah. And then, like, the, the head guy who was running the show before the other guys showed up is like, none of that's going to be in the movie. 
And it was all in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the vegetable gremlin was pretty out there. I liked the rest of them, but that one was like, why? Why? Why do you need this guy? He just got vegetables on his face. I guess it's so they could have him pop out of the salad bar. I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's uh let's officially start the show, huh? 151. Okay. This is WTM, watch this movie. What? I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Joining me today is Brett, Mr. Positivity himself. That's right. I'm stupid, you're smart. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, I just feel that we're all made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Oh, no, hell no, I'm a Christian, and you ain't gonna sit there and blame God for how you look, okay? Why is that other one even on there still? Uh, he'll probably come back for uh, the top ten. Oh, I see. But yeah, it's not even his. He switched it already. He switched it to the to Jaws. That, to that extra long, slow one. <laughs> Y'all know me. <laughs> Just grinds the momentum of the show to a halt. <laughs> you know, I earn a living. Uh, also joining us today is Jason Neeling. Who's a... I'm very important. Uh, I have... Many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> Full circle. Gremlins 2. We're doing it. That's right. Gremlins 2 is kind of a film that, I mean, I like it quite a bit. It's pretty damn funny. Mm-hmm. I love how original it is and how creative they get. It's almost a movie that I, I respect more than I enjoy. Like, I like the I like Gremlins, one better than two. Yeah, and two, I, I like watching it, but it's almost like it's too meta and smart for its own good. Almost, <laughs> it's almost a chore to get through. Not really, but yeah, it's a fun chore because it's so zany. But well, like, you know what I mean. Jason was saying about the uh, there's just scenes where it's like, hey, look at these Gremlins doing this stuff, and it's like. They try really hard to have a diverse group of gremlins, and it's like, <laughs> you really didn't have to, and if you did, you didn't have to do this many. Like, you could have cut it down a little bit, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's still fun. Yeah. It's still a fun movie. Yeah. I see it on a lot of lists of sequels that are yeah. better than the original. I was going to say, I think I do like this one better than the first one, just because there's so much unexpected stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd seen this before. I mean, it'd been a long time, but watching it again, I was like... This is great. Like there're just yeah. so many just funny just funny situations, fun jokes. Like funny. the first one couldn't really decide if it was a comedy or a horror movie. Yeah, this one was solidly comedy. Right? I used to always yeah. see it in both sections like at Blockbuster. I'm like, "Well, what is it? Is it a comedy or is it a horror? Why do you have it in two sections? Mm-hmm. Who is stocking the shelves here?" <laughs> this one, like you said, Hundred percent comedy. Yeah, and it's making fun of itself too, and the first one. That's fun. Pretty much. Yeah, I do. Uh, I love how meta it is, self-referential, breaking the fourth wall constantly. Yeah, the like the last third really cranks that part up with a couple of cameos. Larry Moulton and, and the Hulkster. Yep, brother. <laughs> The Grubsters. So did you guys look up that other little uh, fourth wall breaking part that was on the VHS version? 
No. Um, Do we want to talk about that now? We could save it for later. We'll save it for later. The plot. Sure. I did not watch it. No, I didn't look it up. Let him wait. Keep him on bated breath. Sounds good. <laughs> We're going to keep you in suspense while we get oriented. <laughs> yeah. So Gremlins 2, the new batch, came out in 1990. It's also notable for being PG-13 because while the first movie is PG, it was one of the reasons that a PG-13 rating was born. Mm-hmm. And they allude to that fact during that fourth wall breaking of the Hulkster when that mom was complaining about the gremlins and how it's too graphic for her child and things like that. Yeah. Parents were complaining to uh, movie theaters and studios that it was you know, too rough for the kids. It was a PG rating. Too violent. Hey, it's parental guidance. Parents have to guide. Mm. There's not even any blood. It's just green slime. Pretty much. Well, it's grebbling blood. So no, it's it's not. It's not that blood kitchen it's scene green. is horrific. Slaughter in there. Why can't you have green blood? And there is a. I think there is a little bit of human blood because people get scratched. That's yeah, true. What about probably. that teacher. Sure, sure. He gets killed, doesn't he? They don't show any of that, though. They just show him like kind get of. pulled under a desk or something, don't they? Yeah, pretty much. Anyway. But a teacher died, Jason. <laughs> a hero. Educator. Have a respect. Or respect. This is the foreigners. This one, not so much. These were domestic. Yeah. So like the first one, uh, this was directed by Joe Dante. They approached him after the first one to do a sequel, and he didn't want to do it. Um, he wanted to work on other things at that moment. And so it kind of went into development hell forever. It went, bounced around from person to person. And that's kind of what led to how zany it was, because when they finally got Dante to come back to it, he said, okay, I'll do it, but you have to let me do basically whatever the fuck I want to do. Mm-hmm. And they agreed to it. And that's why it is... So batch you're crazy because he could literally do anything he wanted. You get a gremlin and you get a gremlin and you get a gremlin. He just opened the shit out of the writer's room. So starring Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, Jason's favorite, mm-hmm. John Glover. Uh, I should say Zach Galligan is Billy. Of course, Phoebe Cates is Kate. John Glover is Daniel Clamp. The Trump Ted Turner surrogate of the film, I suppose. Yeah, he's much say? more likable than Trump. Well, yeah, but well, he's got a little Ted Turner in him. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Trump was more likable in 1990. Perhaps <laughs> he's in Home Alone too, for yeah. God's sakes. I thought it was just a, a year or two he later. Was, he was the dad on the Little Rascals. I wonder who he was. The he was uh, what's his name's dad? I forget. Are you thinking of? Oh, um, who's the rich kid's dad? Little, Little Rascals, Rascals yeah. yeah. In here, Daniel Clamp kind of goes through a character arc, and he's a bit of a better guy at the end of the movie than he is at the beginning. At the beginning, he doesn't even show up places. He just sends a TV <laughs> yeah. with pre-recorded messages. Yeah. And then... Daniel Clamp would like to speak to you. I'm too some, busy to actually leave my office. At some point, he decides to come mingle with the little people. He's got shit to do. He's developing real estate. Buying properties, running his business. Running a TV network, cable network, and colorizing then, all those old black and white movies. And he's even got a line of jams and jellies. Yeah. Which you you point out the TV 
colorization thing. That was a Ted Turner deal. Yeah, because uh, reference back in the day, they they used to always make fun of Turner classic movies because they would take all these old black and white movies and colorize them. Because Ted Turner didn't like black and white movies, but he liked classic movies. And so like everybody just bitched about them ruining all these movies. And obviously now he doesn't own any of that stuff anymore. He sold it to Time Warner. Uh, and they don't do that anymore. And <laughs> they show them as they were meant to be seen. It's funny. I didn't realize that was a direct jab at him. But yeah. yeah. So it's, not, it's not just Trump, but... Trump, Ted Turner. I mean, Ted Turner is probably pretty similar to Trump. They're both billionaires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know anything about Ted Turner. Ted Turner's like still alive. Personality. I think so. I haven't heard anything about <laughs> him dying. I think so. I don't know. I don't know if he still owns anything because he used to own the Braves. Mm-hmm. I think he sold all his uh, media stuff uh, to Time Warner back in the day. Yeah. AOL. Still alive. How old is he? He's gonna, um, he's gonna be in his 90s. Ted Turner is 80 years old. That's it. Damn. Mm. Well, back to the cast. We have he's Robert. Stone, he's still on WCW. Oh yeah. And Donald Trump is a WWE Hall of Famer. So there you go. All right, back to the cast. We have Robert Prosky as Grandpa Fred. Robert Picardo as Forster. Christopher Lee as Doctor Catheter. What a name, Catheter. <laughs> Jesus. Haviland Morris is Marla Bloodstone. Dick Miller is Murray Futterman. Jackie Joseph is Sheila Futterman. Uh, Getty Watanabe is Mr. Katsuji. He was the tourist, right? Yep. And Key Luke, K-E-Y-E. How do you pronounce that? Mm. Kiki or just Key? I don't know. Key Luke, that's Mr. Wing. Kathleen Freeman is Microwave Marge. We have Don Stan and Dan Stan as the uh, twins, Martin and Lewis. Also the twins from Terminator 2. I mean, they're not twins in that movie, but they needed twins. Yeah. When he gets copied by the T-1000. They're pretty hilarious in Gremlins 2, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else is in here. As I mentioned, Leonard Malton makes a cameo. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Or Terry Balea. Is that his last name? Balea? Balea. Balea. There's a bunch of other cameos in here as well. Uh, what did that, was that one that I mentioned? He was the... Paul Bartell. Paul Bartell. He's got some unique movies that he's uh, directed through the yeah. years. Jerry Goldsmith is uh, also in here. He's a very famous composer. He played a yogurt customer. <laughs> Uh, I believe Dick Butkus was in here, but I didn't catch him. Yeah, I didn't catch him either. Oh, Raymond Cruz was the messenger. Yeah, I Tuco, recognized him. Tuco himself. Because he was skinny. I was like, is that him? He's pretty scrawny in here. It's like, why is he not shanking somebody? <laughs> You've read your shit. Push him. <laughs> Where are all the prison tattoos? <laughs> Julia Sweeney was the, uh, mm. the receptionist at... Uh, Splice of life. <laughs> yeah. With the flu. Speaking of Breaking Bad, you got Dean Norris in here. He was the SWAT team leader. And you, you forgot about your boy, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I know. I didn't even recognize half these guys. Yeah. They were either 
on there so quick that I didn't see them or it's, you know. From, from the HBO program, The Wire. <laughs> Do a pretty good Omar. <laughs> Cedar Rapids. Shit. Uh, Henry Gibson was that guy who gets caught smoking on his on the unauthorized break. He yeah. would maybe most know him as the priest in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. He looked familiar. I couldn't remember where I saw him. Also in, you know, Nashville and Magnolia and Interspace. He was the head Nazi in the Blues Brothers. Illinois Nazis. <laughs> it's an Illinois neo-Nazi group that is after the <laughs> Blues Brothers. Of course. Bubba Smith was in there, too. That's right, yep. And Howie Mandel, of course, was the voice of Gizmo. Mm-hmm. Tony Randall was the voice of Brain Gremlin. Frank Welker was Mohawk. Uh, Kirk R. Thatcher, Mark Dodson, they kind of did work as the Gremlins. Neil Ross was the announcer. And you got Jeff Bergman for Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. That is weird. Hmm. Watching that, when you watched it, is there the Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck intro? Yeah. So it was a 50th anniversary, and they're like, well, let's do this. Let's just put it in front of the movie. I was expecting like a short film to come on. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, well, was kind of expecting the Gremlins to come and like tear through shit. Yeah. And or I guess it kind of was a short in. film, like a, a minute long. Yeah. I thought they were going to come and murder uh, Daffy Duck. Well, they did have a l- the little Gremlin reference. Have you guys seen the uh, like the Bugs Bunny Gremlins short from like the 50s or whatever? No. There was like a whole so. story about... Because, I mean, the whole concept of gremlins, I believe, originated in World War II when... Uh, Machines kept on breaking down. Yeah, like uh, the planes would keep having weird malfunctions. That's why always talking about it. Is the James. Yeah, WWII. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> actually this Bugs Bunny little sh- short animation thing about this gremlin on a plane was kind of what kept the whole gremlin concept in the public consciousness and it's... Uh, I read something that kind of credited that with, I mean, the whole concept of gremlins now, like, and, you know, what led to these movies. I'm sure Murray Futterman was watching a lot of Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, I guess so. That's where he got all his uh, foreign relations <laughs> ideas. And he needed to relax after the war. You get, you get shot at a, by enough Japanese people, you probably tend to not trust them too much. Yeah, and for the most part, he behaved himself. And the second one, for sure, because he just got out of the loony bin. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't crazy. I was never crazy. <laughs> I'm fine. Of course, he does make an off-color remark about Russians and atomic secrets. He was worried about the Russian cab drivers. Yeah, did you know they let Russians <laughs> drive cabs up here? <laughs> it's like the wall fell down. The wall is down. It's it's done. It's a done deal. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Reagan smash. <laughs> Reagan smash. I noticed in the opening credits it said written by Charlie Haas, who would go on to have a successful tag team with Shelton Benjamin in the WWE. <laughs> of course you would know this. I assume it's the same Charlie Haas. <laughs> Gotta be. Who wrestled in the early, or throughout the 2000s. Hulkster got him the job. 
so yeah, let's get into it. It starts off back at the same shop. You remember the name of that shop? M- Mr. Wing's shop? I don't know. Did it have an English name on the side? I can't remember what it said. I believe they referenced it in the first one. It was awfully famous for being in the first one. He had no customers whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then after he died, they, uh, they had the news report. And it's like, oh, Mr. Wing died. Everybody's so sad. Well, no, that was because he was the last holdout. Like, he wouldn't give up his property. So it was big news because all of a sudden they had the land to build, you know, so that's clamp was, empire. That's why he was famous. I think so. I'm sure everyone else already sold out, so he was just cornering the market there. He was the only business still operating. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, let's let's go to that. I have a clip here, and explains the genesis of the uh, movie here with Mr. Clamp uh, talking to people via surrogate. <laughs> Mr. Wing. Daniel Clamp would like to speak to you. Good morning, Mr. Wayne. Um, well, let's cut right to key issues, okay? I'm prepared to increase my offer substantially. Now, Mr. Wing, you're attached to your business. I appreciate that. I'm attached to my business. I develop the biggest buildings in New York, and you sell um, little things. Well, that's fine. We, uh, take a look, Mr. Wing. The uh, Clamp Chinatown Center, where business gets oriented. <laughs> now, Mr. Wing, you're the only holdout, so let me tell you what I'm willing to do for you. A newsstand and souvenir concession right here under the atrium. This building will be state-of-the-art, from the voice-activated elevators right down to the self-cleaning ashtrays. I'm really excited about it, and I'd hate to see you miss out. Please, let us know when you made a decision, Mr. Wing. You know, I believe there's always an area of agreement that two people can reach. Yes. A man can always agree with others. It is more difficult to agree with oneself. It's very charming. Confucius? <laughs> or Bruce Lee? <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, please tell Mr. Clamp that the answer is still no. Please, keep the TV. Rambo, boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) He loves that Rambo. Immediately turns on the television. Yes. Rambo 2 is on, or I should say, First Blood Part 2 is on. What does Rambo say? Like, you want to survive a war, you have to become war? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) you know i didn't catch it the first time but uh he says that you know his new little chinatown place is gonna have uh self-cleaning ashtrays it's a callback to the first movie isn't it yep yep yeah well it was a smokeless ashtray in the beginning the first one was it smokeless ashtray billy's dad gave it to mr wing yeah which he could use yeah very practical gift for him Mm-hmm. But he has no use for television. It's a invention for fools. Yep. fools. So he, he cuts off Gizmo's Rambo time. 
That scene was probably the most racist of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Confucius or Bruce Lee. Ooh. <laughs> her, her business gets oriented. And That's then, a pretty good slogan, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like three or four scenes later when you first see the Japanese tourist and he is firing off like 60 pictures a minute. Not winding at, at yeah, all. It's like, how... Like, does he have a banana clip of film <laughs> that is plugged into that camera? Yeah. Like, how can he have more than about 24 exposures or so, 30 yeah. exposures? It's like a professional. You have to reload that every minute. It's like a professional uh, camera that, yeah, you must have, like, the biggest canister of film you can get. <laughs> then yeah, get it, it must automatically it. wind after every one. Yeah. Got that bright flash on there. Such a stereotype. Why does that guy always get stuck playing stereotypes? He was in uh, 16 Candles. That's right. I haven't seen 16 Candles yet. Really? Slacking. It's a good one. Yeah. I think the it's problem is that he was playing an Asian character in the late 80s, early 90s. And Al Leong <laughs> was already taken. <laughs> he was off doing Die Hard and Big Trouble in Little China, so he couldn't do this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, they were introduced to the building. Clamp. What's it called? Clamp Office Center. Clamp Center, I think. Something like that. Sure. Everything's voice activated for some reason. When mm-hmm. it and automated. And shitty. Automatic <laughs> yeah. revolving doors just malfunctioning. <laughs> Everything's yeah. malfunctioning. Throw back to the first one with all the malfunctioning inventions from yeah. Billy's dad. You know, I think the building was... The funniest character in the movie. Yeah. All these little one-liners in the background. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got one of those right here. This is uh, an announcement that came over the intercom. Will the owner of the car with license number 1EG401 please remove it from the clamp parking garage? Your car is old and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I was just kind of watching and taking notes, and I heard, I was like, did I... Did you just say that car's old and dirty? Rewind <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yep. Get your car out of here. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. Remove it from the ramp. Yeah. Jason couldn't park there. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's true, though. It's true. <laughs> you can park your girl's car there, though. Yeah. Because it'll be a party in the parking ramp. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a fiesta. <laughs> Not just any party. A fiesta. It'll be a Mexican party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're introduced to a Billy again, who's working there as he as a designer, I guess, of sorts. Does drawings and renderings, I guess you could say. Yeah, I don't know exactly what he does because he drew a, a sketch of the the new Chinatown Center, mm-hmm. which he doesn't seem too heartbroken about Mister Wing, you know, and his shop getting destroyed and taken over. Maybe he just doesn't realize it. I don't know. He's taking over the entirety of Chinatown. Plus, it was on the news. Well, so. He would have gotten a big settlement. He's, oh, he's going to take the money. Mr. Wing's not making dick down there. I guess. I he didn't guess. know how much pride Mr. Wing had in his shop. That's true. And uh, Phoebe Cates, uh, she's working as a tour guide with that huge fucking hat that they all have to wear. <laughs> with the <laughs> with a tower building, on a tower on top of the hat. Looks mm-hmm. like a dickhead. 
I thought her character was uh, much weaker in this movie. Like she was more often the damsel in distress here than in the first one. She she seemed like a much stronger character. Well, yeah, she was able to tend bar in the first one. Yeah, and kind of suffer through it. Maybe she had PTSD and she just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember when he first mentions, like, oh, Gizmo's back. She's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Give her flashbacks of he's, Lincoln. He's not very <laughs> caring of her, you know, <laughs> of her Just her pick mental. up Gizmo. It's no big deal. <laughs> she don't even remember what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're so hyper. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the bulldozers come. They didn't even clear out that shop first. They just yeah, like, they just fuck it. We're gonna it go right through down. it. Wrecking ball right in there. Yeah, and uh, so Gizmo gets out and escapes into the alley, which he is immediately grabbed by one of the twins. Right, clones. Well, one of them is a clone of the other. Yeah, I don't I know if they're twins. Well, they didn't figure it out yet, right? Well, they said they're working on the cloning. Uh, well, they said, "How's the cloning coming?" And they both turn around, and they said, "Medical," and they're like, "Oh, it's going great. We're working on it." Yeah, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> <When> they, <laughs> I thought they said something like it was going great. They implied that it was work in progress. Yeah, mm. but it also could be that they are clones. One is a clone of the other. Yeah, and that they're tweaking. I thought that was serum. the joke. Yeah, it works on many levels. Those guys were hilarious, regardless. Yeah, yeah. Martin and Lewis. Uh, so, yeah, they grab him and they bring him up to the lab, Dr. Catheter's lab, where it's a splice of life. Oh, did you even mention Genetic Christopher Lee lab. was uh, in the cast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We must missed the name of Dr. Catheter. We commented on his right, right, right. terrible name. Okay, yeah. I remember now. Why would I you name a character Catheter? <laughs> that is <laughs> weird. Disgusting. <laughs> it was offensive. He's a disgusting human being. He's splicing. Uh, DNA from different animals, doing experiments. They should have called him Moreau. Yeah, could have been. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> I do. Like the island of lost souls. <laughs> or of Dr. Moreau. Which, yes, I know those are the same things. Or the other Based one. Based off the same property. Or the other one from the 70s where they didn't use Dr. Moreau, so they didn't <laughs> have to pay for the rights. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was called. Pam Greer was in it. She was like a panther lady. Mm. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, huh? Actually, none of them are that good. I've seen all three. They're not good. So, uh, Tuco from Breaking Bad is delivering packages. He's the messenger. I thought he looked familiar. And uh, when he's up in the lab, he hears Gizmo and whistling. So he starts whistling, and he's down on... Is it like the 30th floor where Billy works? Something like that. He's on his floor, and Billy hears him whistling it. Yep. And he's like, where did you hear that? I heard it up in the lab. No, he's like, uh, isn't that isn't Sting? <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. It's a time. No, you heard it. Where did you hear it? So Billy puts two and two together, and he sneaks up into the lab. He says, what is he going to work on? The copier. The copier, and he has a big toolbox, and he's in a suit. He says this. Or a sports jacket. He says to the receptionist, I heard your copier is broken. I'm here to fix it. And she's like, what? It is? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, mean, you mean Pat, the receptionist? Was that her name, Pat? No, that was Julia Sweeney, who no. played Pat on Saturday Night oh, Live. Oh, it's Pat. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I get jokes. Is it a boy or a girl? <laughs> it, it is kind of hard to tell. She's got a short and sassy haircut. <laughs> An ambiguous body figure. <laughs> and loose, form-fitting clothes. It's implied she's a woman because she's a receptionist and it's... I'm talking about on the show. Oh. I'm talking about it in the movie. I think it was quite obvious in the film. I'm saying she had a short and sassy haircut in the film. Yeah. But that was all the rage in the early 90s. There were some short pixie-type cuts. Short and sassy. Mm-hmm. There's no security on that floor. Yeah. You don't even have to badge in. He yeah. easily gets to Gizmo. The hallway to the lab is just wide open. No doors. Once you're in that uh, reception area, so you get free free reign of the place. Mm-hmm. He has to play cat and mouse a little bit with people walking around, you know, so as not to be seen. But he gets down back to his desk pretty easily. Well, he goes in the bathroom, too, and the the talking bathroom has an attitude. (laughs) Did you even wash your hands? (laughs) I forget. There's a couple things that the bathroom said, and they were not (laughs) things that I would want a talking bathroom saying to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd say the building was even sassier than that haircut. Yeah. Uh, when he gets down to his desk, obviously he wants to bring Gizmo home so he's not tortured, experimented on. So he puts him in and into his uh, filing cabinet and tells him to stay put. And Gizmo is fucking horrible at following simple instructions. Yeah, yeah he can't shut up. He can't stay quiet. Can't stay still. So you fucking Can't told them they're, they're going to take you and, you know, experiment on you. And well, Billy torture. could not have expected his female boss to come and sexually harass him right at that moment. <laughs> the first of many such incidents. <laughs> the tables were turned. Yeah. Hashtag time's up for his boss and for that female gremlin. Oh, my. <laughs> that, She's slightly more aggressive than the boss. The lady gremlin was definitely a predator. <laughs> She got more action, though. Oh, my God. So yeah, Jason, are you saying not... it's okay if the ends justify the means? It's 100% non-consensual. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't you see? You saw his eyebrows raise at the end. He, at the end. He was like, okay, okay. I can oh, so it. after <laughs> everything oh, happened. Okay. Wait a second here. <laughs> oh, didn't we have this discussion when we talked about Carrie? All right, yeah. all right. Let's back up a little bit. <laughs> At what point? What point does it stop being rape and start being consensual? <laughs> it's called Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, he was a captive in that bathroom. He was in the For bathroom hours. Yeah, hours. He was yeah. on like the forty seventh floor. Yeah. Elevators were out of order. I don't get the uh, the voice activated elevator. You have to push the button to get it to come to your floor. And then you get in it, and you can't just push another button to get it to go? Like, is that too hard, pushing buttons? Um, this was back when, you know, technology didn't need to be useful. It just needed to be impressive. I guess. Uh, so then, uh, obviously, he doesn't follow the rules, and Billy has to go out to dinner with his boss. We skipped over all those little uh, office space-like corporate jokes. No. A couple of them. Like, what was title? Oh, all forced. Of them. <laughs> all of them. What was her name? The boss. Marla. Marla. 
when she first like they first Blood introduce silver. her and she's talking to Billy about like oh you you just think about this little tiny piece that you do but I have to have a complete situational long term overview outlook perspective. <laughs> I can relate to Marla in that situation. Micromanaging versus <laughs> macromanaging. Yeah. Big picture versus small picture. I don't know, just all this corporate BS stuff that when I was a kid and first saw this movie probably didn't really, you know, yeah. connect. But now it's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what working in an office building is like. Yeah, even I mean, we can still relate to this from nineteen ninety, just like office space is what, ninety nine? Is it that late? Yeah, because well that ninety eight maybe because they were doing the Y two K crossover yeah, you know, transfer. Mm. Late nineties. All those all the bug updates. Yeah. And so, you know, that's pretty outdated, but you can still relate to that yeah. very well. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cubicle humor, office humor. Yeah. So still uh, relates to today. Holds up. Uh, so then, yeah, yes, his uh, Phoebe Cates to pick Gizmo up after she's done with her shift. And in the as, meantime. As he walks out with Marla hanging all over him. Yeah. Right in front of her. Right in front of Kate. Just cucks her. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, the janitor goes to Billy's floor to fix a water fountain. Oh, did you mention him? What was his uh, that actor's name? Did you mention him? I, I have it as a fun fact. It's Gomez Adams. Yes, and his real name is John Aston. That's right. He's uh, he's related to Sean Aston. Is he? I believe so. I think it said there's a stepson or something. Okay. And I assume he's also related to Mackenzie Aston, who was in the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Ooh. <laughs> Fun fact. So, yeah, and when uh, Gizmo sees him, he doesn't go mad. In reference to Gomez, the Adams Family, the 60s television program. I didn't catch that, but I recognized his voice for sure. Yep. You don't get a real good look at him. It's mostly from uh, Gizmo's point of view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's trying to fix it, and water is shooting everywhere, and he just doesn't give a fuck. It's (laughs) flying over everything. Right. Ruining everyone's work. Onto the desks and stuff, and he just doesn't care. He just wants to get some water. So, ipso facto, water gets on Gizmo, and I believe so three or four immediately come out. So, you have George and Lanny, yeah. Daffy, and uh, Mohawk, like I said before. Yep. What, what were the names? Mohawk is the one with Mohawk, obviously. Yep. The it's a reference one to Stripe is... from the first one, who we all remember? Yeah. Mandela Effect. We thought it was Spike. Yeah. And then I think we've looked it up. We're like, was it Spike in the second one? Or like, you're like, no, it's, <laughs> it's fucking Mohawk in the second one. Mm-hmm. That's weird. So the goofy one who's Daffy. giggling Daffy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Daffy Duck. Yeah. And then and, the other two are George and Lenny, which is the, the oh. brainy one. And then the mentally challenged the buck-toothed one. Buck-toothed one. No, I think the buck-toothed one is still supposed to be Daffy. No, I think what? Daffy was the hyper one. Because George and Lenny are... Of mice and men reference, yeah, and so the bucktooth one was the the dumb one. So I kind of thought, but it seemed like the other two were very similar parents. So I thought that was supposed to be the George and Lenny, but 
I think Daffy it makes was sense either way. Daffy was the hyper one with the eyes, the googly eyes. Yeah, the, the, the googly eyes like had buck teeth, right? No, those are two different, different okay. guys. Yeah, I blended them together in my head. That was the problem. But, so, the one with that's like black and gray. Who who is that? George? So you said? Oh, he reminded yeah. me of Nixon. He's got those jowls. Well, <laughs> he became the brainy one. Was that the brainy one? I think so. Brain. No. No? I don't think so. I think he was at the very end, that one. Different from the brainy one. And he looks like Nixon the whole time. As a mogwai and as a gremlin. I don't know. Maybe Either way, I, I the... Uh, one of them is a, a brainy one later. The new... Sings New York, New York. <laughs> the new mogwai spawn turn against gizmo once again i don't get why they immediately always turn against him i don't know they're pretty yeah. aggressive too they force him into a an air vent and lock him in there and then like the the next like 45 minutes every time you see gizmo it's mohawk just torturing him yep yeah well mohawk's just a dick he was the ringleader right with those the other one's beating up on Gizmo. Mohawk, Somewhat. Mohawk I mean, turned into the spider gremlin. Yeah. Brain mm. kind of turns into the leader, but... Well, he's the smartest. Yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. He's mm. he's number two to the building for comedic yeah. stuff. Yeah, I have his interview later as a clip, so get ready for that. Uh, and, of course, Billy discovers all this when he comes back, or when he gets home. To discover that Phoebe Cates picked up the wrong Mogwai. Yeah. She doesn't know what Gizmo looks like and it's creating havoc in his kitchen. <laughs> and just then the the the, the Futtermen f- show up a day early. <laughs> Fucking Futtermans. What are you doing? <laughs> and then the, like the gremlin or the, the Mogwai was just throwing food at everybody, especially Kate. Mm-hmm. Breaking s- shit. Squirting Twinkie cream on her. Mm-hmm. That is not a metaphor. That is literally what he <laughs> is did. Is that what they're calling it these days? <laughs> he literally squirted Twinkie cream on her. Yeah. Maybe this should have been the seminal episode. <laughs> not 150, uh, one, oh, yeah, 151 oh, instead of 150. Oh. Or did he do that to Billy? Either way, somebody got Twinkie cream on their face. <laughs> somebody got cream. <laughs> he did it to Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy. She gets cucked again. <laughs> 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 she she does seem like she's like mentally broken throughout the movie. Like Especially when she gets to her Lincoln story. She seems like a shell <laughs> of her former self. And I don't know if that was pushover. In, I don't know if that was intentional or if they're just like Well, we'll just have her in there. But towards the end, she finally says, like, you know, if we get past this, we're gonna have to have a what, a long talk or something. Well, I like think that. she was implying uh well, she she uh, was referring to Billy going on a date with his with Marla. Yeah, uh, it's like the first time she said anything the whole movie. <laughs> right? She's pissed off the entire time. And Billy's like, "What? I don't even know what you're talking about." Should we mention too that Kate was borderline short and sassy haircut? <laughs> yep, she was getting into her drop dead Fred haircut. I believe. Hmm. I got that on my on my DVR. Oh, yeah. Probably watch that this weekend. There you go. We took a picture of the uh, of her house in Drop Dead Fred. It's over in uh, it's in the Uptown area. 
I'll be putting it on the website later when I add all those pictures from and, uh, Jones and Sam and I went on a little Twin Cities pilgrimage, different film sites. I see. Yeah. So Billy goes back to the office, you know, looking for him. Obviously can't find him. And he's trying to warn everybody. I mean, the gremlins have started to. We get in the ice cream bar. Yep. And they start eating after midnight. Yeah, I was getting confused. Like, why are there still so many people in this building? I wondered that, too. It's awfully busy. And why are you getting ice cream? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's got everything. It's It's, fully automated. It's convenient for the story, but... uh, Maybe they have a couple floors of condos. Very nonsensical. You know, different tenants. They got retail on the bottom. I don't know. Was it a Friday? It seemed like it was like a middle of the week or a Monday. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out after midnight for a for a weeknight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was confused too cuz like obviously they had tours of the building. And I guess there's they a bar had some, down there. They did have some stores. So I I guess it was open to the public. But there there were a lot of office floors and yeah, and shit like that where you wouldn't want the public to go. But, like, the elevators were just open to everybody. Like, you had no security access. Yeah. Very poorly run building. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to go wrong because the gremlins, or I should say the Mogwai become gremlins. There was a Spencer's Gifts. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, in the background of one, one of the again. scenes, there's a Spencer's Gifts. Hmm. I wonder what that, too. their logo looked like back then. It's much different. I'm sure it is. Uh, I have a little clip here. It's a short one where they're discussing the rules. It's kind of questions that I always had about the first movie. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, what if one of them eats something at 11 o'clock, but then he gets something stuck in his teeth? Yeah, like a caraway seed or a sesame seed. Whatever, right, right. And then yeah, after so. 12 o'clock, it comes out. Now, he didn't eat that after midnight. Yeah, that's Look, right. I didn't make the rules, okay? The rules. I don't believe this. Oh, wait a minute. What about this? What if they're eating in an airplane and they cross a time zone? I mean, it's always midnight somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Very good stairs in the uh, yeah the uh, security area. Yeah, Um, and he's trying to warn everybody, and obviously nobody believes him until the gremlins kind of burst through the uh, electronics panel. There, this was after Billy got arrested, and then he came back to the building. He got bailed out. Uh, He got bailed out, but I don't know if you noticed, but I had questions about what did all those mimes do that they all got arrested (laughs) at the same time? Yeah, that was pretty funny. (laughs) Because they got a paddy wagon uh, as Billy is getting picked up. uh, I think Kate picked him up, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, just mime after mime after mime, like at least five or six that they showed before they got away. Mm -hmm. And I was... I want to know more about those mimes <laughs> and what they were doing to get arrested. Yeah. I don't think they were handcuffed. So. No, they weren't, because they were doing their miming thing. <laughs> it seemed very strange. <laughs> they have the right to ma- remain silent, though. They do. Because <laughs> they're mimes. That's I get it. easy. That'd be easy. <laughs> it's kind of their thing. They have an unfair advantage. Uh, so then they kind of cuts to uh, this is around the time where they're showing Microwave Marge and her cooking show. I like her. And the Japanese tourist has been snapping pictures and the tour group has gotten there. 
He keeps taking pictures of Kate, like right in her <laughs> face with that flash. <laughs> she's, wow. like, she's like, stop. They please. do get him to stop in the studio. When yeah. Microwave Marge is doing her shtick. But... Microwave Marge is pretty lit up. Yeah. She she's seems like she'd be fun to have a drink with. Pretty lit. Yeah, she's uh, working her culinary masterpieces with the science ovens, if you've seen American Hustle. Heats up the food to science. Don't put tinfoil on it, though. Uh, and the gremlins, the right gr- around then, that's kind of when they burst in. Because she reaches up for a cupboard, and they're in the cupboard, and yeah. they kind of wreck her whole show. And then everybody leaves. Everybody just leaves, and it's, uh, what, Kate and the Japanese guy and Marge. This is after they throw all that, all the pans into the microwave and start a fire, and then the mm-hmm. sprinklers go off, and that's where they start multiplying like crazy. Yeah, yep. there are a lot of them. And then uh, that's also around the same time they get up to the lab, because that's where they start splicing with different DNA and chemicals. Yeah. And One of them got up into... To Clamp's office, puts yeah. a, a mouse trap in his uh, secretary's sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, starts a fight with uh, Daniel Clamp. Yeah, because Clamp hears the ow, like he hears the secretary scream, and he runs out there. And her body's just gone. Yeah, who like knows what happened to it? And you then, don't see her again, right? No, I don't. She just vanishes yeah. from the face of the earth. And then uh, it was pretty sweet. He put him in a shredder. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, she was shredding all of his uh, his mail and his uh, his important documents, no doubt to uh, avoid subpoenas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some shady business practices. Yeah, it's a nice little throwback to the first one where uh, they in the kitchen where they put him in the blender, yeah. or was it the juicer or? Uh, I think they an had invention a, from in Billy's blend. dad. Yeah, something like that. It was like an automatic orange juicer or something, or something with some spinning blades. I think there was. I think it was an actual blender yeah. that they put them in, though. Yeah, I think I remember him spinning. Yeah, but that's pretty sweet. Talk about bloody. Mm-hmm. The green blood, green slime. How about uh, Phoebe Cates surviving a 62-story fall in an elevator? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was fucking ridiculous. Right? Oh, dude. <laughs> I love when she, uh, she like, hits... Oh, she stops the elevator, and she's like, sound alarm. <laughs> and you hear the gremlins, Sound <laughs> 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 alarm. Because they, they're fucking around with the electronics, and it makes the elevator shoot all the way up to the top. Yeah. And then they have it go all the drop all the way down, at least from floor sixty two. Yep. And it's it's a cool effect because they have it where you know there's zero gravity and she floats up to she's holding on to the railing, mm-hmm. but then it just crashes into the ground. <laughs> right. She would be a puddle on the bottom of that elevator. But she was holding the railing though, so she didn't actually <laughs> yeah. hit the ground. She's just really strong. She jumped right before she hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought about that. Like, well, what if I just jump as hard as I can, like a second before the ground, <laughs> push push off of all that force? I thought it was hilarious too. When the doors open, and there's two ladies waiting for the elevator, and they're like, "We'll wait for the next one." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a nice touch. See, so yeah, by now it's 
pretty much full blown chaos throughout the whole building. Um, this is about the time where it gets even more and more meta. Yeah, uh, the Leonard Malton clip. Leonard Malton movie police. Here I have that mm. clip right here where he's reviewing uh, Gremlins One, which he famously gave a poor review to, and then he gave a favorable review to Gremlins Two, which he cameos in. <laughs> Hi, I'm Leonard Malton, and this is the Movie Police. Today we'll start with our video watch. Just re-released on video is the movie Gremlins, though I really can't imagine why. Now, I know some people found this movie fun, but me, I'd rather spend two hours having root canal work done. What's fun about a movie full of ugly, slimy, mean-spirited, gloppy little monsters who run amok and attack innocent people? Our moviegoers so desperate for entertainment that this kind of trash can pass for fun. Whoa! Wait a minute! This is kidding! Oh, a ten! It's a ten! <laughs> he gets his. Breaking that fourth wall. Really letting you know that you're watching a movie. Yeah, that's where it's like... I could see people going, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is he reviewing a movie that shouldn't exist in this world? <laughs> yeah. And it just gets zanier from there. Well, from there, they get into the lab and start drinking all the different vials. Mm-hmm. And uh, The first one was the, the vegetable the gremlin. vegetable gremlin. And then the brainy gremlin. And then the bat gremlin. And then there was a gremlin... In a trench coat, that, trench coat that was flashing people. <laughs> that was just a like the first one. Yeah. <laughs> See that? Because uh, Phoebe Cates, I think, kicks him in the first one. Did she <laughs> in the first in the bar? One? I think he, I think he flashes her in the bar, and I think she kicks him or something. That's mm. uh that's assault. Either that, or he was shot by one of the other gremlins <laughs> in the bar. He might have got shot. Is that one of the gremlins shooting one of the two of the other gremlins in the bar? Yeah. The guy was just cars. trying to relax, like smoking cigarettes and drink, and he yeah. was—he was like the only gremlin that was calm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always got to be one. And there's the bat gremlin, who the brainy gremlin gives him the uh, the sunblock serum or whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck it was. Yeah, I love the little speech he gives while he's <laughs> jamming the needle into his neck. Flies around, makes a perfect like, bat symbol in the wall. <laughs> yeah. Falls in wet concrete and then flies up on top of a building and drives in place like a perfect gargoyle. Yeah. After Futterman was just talking about a Quasimodo out of there. Yeah. yeah. You notice Making all these all the references. Yeah. He's grabbing the goblin or the gremlin's legs and like fighting with him and everybody's just walking by like, this is New York. I, this is nothing new. Just a big bat. Yeah. Got big leathery wings. It's not my business. I'm just going to walk on by. Is definitely in the movie. <laughs> Let's see what else do we get to now? It's also pretty close to the Hulkster's moment yeah. of glory. Mm-hmm. What was that movie they replaced the film with? That was like an old timey porno. What? What? Was old timey porno? What was Something. that film? It was pretty smutty. I guess oh. I didn't see it. It's like a black and white movie that they put on the screen. Yeah, it was all like women being all sensual. <laughs> yeah. From like the 40s or The mom 50s. was complaining about it. And then the projectionist comes down. He's complaining about the gremlins are up there. They just want to watch Snow White. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> all torn up and shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I quit. And then uh, Paul Bartell has to go get help from the Hulkster. And here's that clip. Mr. Hawkins. 
have gremlins in the projection booth. Could you help us? Gremlins? In this theater? Now? Okay, you guys, listen up. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks. It won't happen again. I can't believe he got through that whole speech without saying brother once. (laughs) (laughs) So when I saw that this time, I'm like, I, it didn't, I had absolutely no recollection of that scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I looked it up. And the reason why is because I had never seen that scene. Because every other time I saw the movie as a child, it was the VHS version where they had a different little segment in there. Where instead of the film melting apart and then the whole scene in the movie theater, the tracking gets all wonky and then like it kind of freezes and then the gremlins mm-hmm. pop up and do the same little hand puppet thing. And then there's a part where they're like flipping through channels and the gremlins are popping up in different like movies and TV shows and stuff. And they have a little shootout with John Wayne and then John Wayne is the one that kind of like, sorry folks, you know, back to the movie, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's pretty, I've never seen that one. I don't, it's on YouTube. Correct? I don't remember yep. that either. I think I've only seen the Hulkster. So, like we're talking about now, at one point in the movie, uh, director Joe Dante attempted to involve his audience in the story by making it seem as if the Gremlins had taken over whatever theater in which this movie would be screened. The sequence was inspired by a similar stunt in William Castle's The Tingler from 1959. During his DVD commentary for this movie, Dante recalled that Warner Brothers wanted the sequence cut as they were concerned the audience would believe the film actually had malfunctioned. Uh, test screening ultimately proved otherwise. However, the video version caused problems. Instead of film-breaking effects, the scene looked like a VHS malfunctioning. Many rental copies were returned as a result of this, <laughs> and video mastering houses called the filmmakers to ask them if this was intentional. Man, like, like yeah. just wait three seconds, and then it gets pretty <laughs> obvious that it's not something wrong with your they VCR. They don't want to miss three seconds. They're gremlins, too. Right? Like, oh, shit, we got to fix this. Pause it. we got to fix it. <laughs> Tracking? Nope. You want to know another fun fact? Hulk Hogan had the the title belt on during that scene, but by the time the movie was released, he had uh, already lost it to the Ultimate Warrior. Ooh. So, yeah. Damn. Bummer. Mm Mm-hmm. At WrestleMania 6. At the Sky Dome in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Even knows the fucking location. Brother. (laughs) Here's a fun fact. Where was uh, WrestleMania 11 held? Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were hurting for money. <laughs> they had wow. to keep it close to home. Uh, you know who main evented that? No, Lawrence <laughs> Taylor. Really? Yeah, he wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow, mm. and he beat him, even though he's not a wrestler. Fascinating. I told these folks at home he is a. Cyclopedic knowledge of wrestling. Yeah, he's like how Tarantino is with movies. He's like that with wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, he watches a lot of movies as well. But sure do. His wrestling trivia is on point, people. 
Back to G2, Judgment Day. Uh, the next thing I have written down is electricity gremlin. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about a gremlin who's made entirely of electricity, and it's done totally in animation. Awesome. <laughs> it's in the movie. Definitely in the movie. <laughs> Never so change. It, it's just shooting around through the circuits of the building until it finally comes out in... Uh, they put it on hold in Mr. Clamp's office. Yep. Because he, he, he picks up the yeah, phone and it goes in the phone. I don't, and, I don't understand the rules of electricity, Gremlin. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, phone line is not electrical, but... I forget, I, I, I read in the trivia that they were going to do something else with the finale, and then they're like, well, we could do electricity, Gremlin. And they're like, <laughs> yes, let's do that. <laughs> that was... Electricity was how they killed all the ones in the first one, right? Or I'm, or no, no, wait, that was in the movie theater. They blew them all up, right? They, yeah, they burned them down in the theater, and yeah. then uh, the leader Stripe, gets killed in the uh, sunlight. the garden center at right, the department right. store. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they start to try and come up with a plan how they're going to combat these gremlins. So they think they can trick them by making them think it's nighttime when they're going to go out and spread their seeds around new york city it's a pretty good plan yeah i thought it was weird though because they're going to turn the clocks ahead like three hours and then billy goes so we'll start at 420 <laughs> yeah like, i know this 420 that too. so <laughs> That's in the 1990 yeah. they're like we, we need to make this like a weed movie <laughs> <laughs> i don't know was that as you know as well known of a reference back then he was kind of Not like an inside joke sort of thing. Maybe it was unintentional. Maybe they looked up at uh, what time the sun sets in New York at that time of year, and they're like, uh, 720. All right, three hours ahead. <laughs> the sundown was 730, he said. Okay. So it started 420. <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, it was definitely a weed reference, I think. But. I think so. How about that, uh, that uh, end of the world uh video that they're getting ready to the <laughs> yeah. broadcast oh, it's beautiful which, it's i have beautiful. a fun fact about that that was pretty fascinating it was real well it says here according to it's another ted turner reference the imdb here's a fun fact the uplifting end of the world video scene was included by filmmakers when they found out that one of the news networks actually had such a video prepared to run in case of the end of the world that CNN, is awesome yeah cnn has a video for this purpose in its archive and its staff are instructed to hold the video for release until the, the end of the world is confirmed. Okay, I need to see this video. I feel like they would jump the gun these days. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be first. Every new Trump tweet. Oh, <laughs> cue up the video. I also want to know, do they like remake this video every decade or so? Or does this thing know. like still look like it was made in the 60s or something? Who knows? I'm sure they made it during the Cold War. Yeah. Well, I, I take that back because CNN wouldn't have been around. Yeah. I can't remember when CNN started. Probably the late 80s, 80s early 90s. Yeah. Something like so. that. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty fascinating. Game. Some yeah. news networks actually have something like that. I mean, there's a small chance that this is just bullshit, but I could see it being real. I'm just so curious Even if now. They don't like, update it, like maybe something they used to do and. Like now we're like, well, that was foolish to do at the time, but yeah. we still have it. I want to know like what kind of tone they would go with for that kind of thing, you know? 
Yeah. Like how how <laughs> do you a good run? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, life was you know human life was pretty cool while it lasted. I guess. I, I feel like the if they made it today, the tone would be "I told you so." <laughs> We've been telling you guys, <laughs> the environment is important. How how many times do you have to say it? Seen here for years, and you assholes are still watching Fox, <laughs> beating our ratings every fucking week. Who's watching this anyways? <laughs> Um, yeah, back to it. Right about that time is when we get into the Lincoln story, which I was very confused by because they just cut her off. They don't even let her finish the story. Well, I have the, uh, the Brainy Gremlin interview before that. Okay. I have a clip from that. That is, uh. So Grandpa Fred, mm -hmm. we didn't really talk about him. He's, uh. Billy's only friend in the building. He's an homage (laughs) to the Grandpa Munster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a late night Saturday night horror movie uh, show that he hosts mm-hmm. and he's trapped in the building and decides to take on Mr. Japanese tourist as his cameraman so he can broadcast live because they won't let any of the other news networks in to see the gremlins. He's not a cameraman. He is the camera. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was also a reference to. An early 80s TV show where I'm not sure if it was Grandpa Munster or somebody else that would dress up like that and show old monster movies. I, yeah, I read it was Grandpa Munster. Okay. And it's that makes sense then. Very much looks like him. All right, here's the clip. As you probably know, an entire race of strange little beings has invaded the Clamp Center building. And in an even more bizarre twist, one of the creatures... Creatures. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one of these creatures is somehow able to talk, and he's going to talk with us right now. I think the main question that people have is, Creature, what is it that you want? Fred, what we want is, I think, what everyone wants, and what you and your viewers have, civilization. Yes, but uh, what sort of civilization are you speaking of, creature? The niceties, Fred, the fine points. Diplomacy, compassion, standards, manners, tradition. That's what we're reaching toward. Oh, we may stumble along the way, but civilization, yes. The Geneva Convention, chamber music, Susan Sontag. Everything your society has worked so hard to accomplish over the centuries, that's what we aspire to. We want to be civilized. I mean, you take a look at this fellow here. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense civilized. Now, bear in mind, none of us has been in New York before. There are the Broadway shows. We'll have to find out how to get tickets. There's also a lot of street crime, but I believe we can watch that for free. We want the essentials. Dinettes, complete bedroom groups, convenient credit, even if we've been turned down in the pist. We'll have to find out how to get tickets. There's a lot of street crime, but I believe we could watch that for free. <laughs> what kind of accent would you say that is? Slightly British? Yeah. He almost sounded Australian, but that little, in the past, mm-hmm. or whatever, sounded kind of weird. <laughs> even if we've been turned out. Yeah. Oh Tony God. Randall's great in here. Like you've said. He's so smug. The, yeah. They're brainy. Gremlin is so smug. Yeah, they just oh. shoots another gremlin just in the middle of the interview because he's not civilized. 
And all the gremlins are pretty great in here. So creative and original. I really like this movie, but the only thing I don't really like about it is I think there's a a lack of gizmo. I want to see more gizmo. This movie is like 12 minutes longer than the first one, and there's less gizmo here than the first one, I feel like. And and most of the gizmo is him getting tortured by Mohawk. Mm -hmm. Well, they also have the little montage where he is pumping iron and... uh, yeah, and he goes all Rambo it's on very him. Very short. Very short. But it's badass. It, it is, is but the, they need more of that. And when he shoots the spider gremlin, that is very quick. And just think about like uh, in the first Gremlins where he's driving around the uh, sporting goods store in the car forever. Yeah. And yeah. He's doing lots of different things. Talking a little more. I agree. I agree. They could have used more gizmo. Yeah, but I, I think there was a higher quality Mandel. gizmo in this he got, one. He got tied to the train tracks, run over by the train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like he had more dynamic facial expressions in this one. Oh, I, I think the puppetry was way better in this one, yeah. for sure. There were a lot more full body shots of, yeah. of the gremlins and the Mogwai yeah. than in the first one. But, yeah, I, they use different kind of special effects, though, for some of them. Like when they're showing gizmo on the table in the lab. Seems like they're using a combination of either like rear projection or uh, they superimpose it, you know, screen over where they layer them. Oh yeah, there I didn't parts... like that. So they used stop motion a lot more for the bat. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a couple scenes with the bat where it was. Uh, I didn't dislike it. It was obvious, just but... kind of. But I thought that... they. I thought it was. Uh, I actually liked it was better. I thought it was better. Yeah. than the first one. I'm, I'm guessing they just didn't give them as big a budget as a sequel usually did because they're like well we're gonna let you get get away with a lot of shit so we're gonna give you about the same amount of money as the first one well i think they use different special effects guys in this one too right because i think i read uh the guy who did the original one was either doing something else or didn't want to do the sequel and then the guy they got was uh given free reign to make all the different gremlins he wanted because he didn't want to just do the same ones from the first one yeah and so that that's probably part of why it, it seems different. The gremlins I thought looked way greener in this one. Was it just me or yeah, they, they're way darker, greener. black, hmm. more black in the first one. Yeah, yeah. or brown, a little bit yeah. brown. These ones are very green, mm-hmm. especially the vegetable gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how he just uh, kept on recreating more vegetables after they've been picked <laughs> off. I think it was either brain gremlin or another gremlin that was drinking a martini, took an olive and yeah. his martini. <laughs> Just trying to look up who did the special effects in this film. Well, special effects, they've credited 94 people. <laughs> Visual effects, 15. Well, I read it in the trivia. I had- like Craig Barron is the visual effects supervisor. Mike Chambers was visual effects coordinator. There is a trivia thing about it. Though. Christina Demkovich was executive in charge of production. Christopher Duddy, visual effects. There's a bunch of different people involved. Art department, you know, stunt department, makeup. I think it was Robert Picardo. Let's see if I can find it. But, uh, yeah, let's get down to... Where everything's starting to play out. They're about to unveil their plan. They're, the Grillmans are getting ready to go outside, and they're going to drop the tarps, the painted tarps, make it look like it's night outside. Yeah. But all of a sudden, a storm comes, and 
Blocks the sunlight. Yep. Right. Plan, Plan ruined. Thwarted. And then it doesn't even storm. Yeah, <laughs> just gets dark, overcast. Well, Daniel Clamp was so excited he could use his. Uh, there's only one way out of that building, except for which seems the other like a way. Fire hazard. <laughs> and then he's got a secret exit, which is just like the worst because there's like a tree that he's got a elevator coming out of the sidewalk underneath mm-hmm. a tree. And it's like, well, that's pretty obvious <laughs> that you're coming up under there. And then he just leaves it up for Futterman to go <laughs> Futterman. down in. <laughs> Futterman gets in there, gets in the building. And then uh, the setup to the Lincoln's birthday story is the spider gremlin has spun a web in one of the hallways. And Marwa has just now realized that shit is happening in the office. She's been working the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, and she we turn on some lights in this place. She she just haphazardly walks into the web. Yeah, and then Not Kate even looking where she's going. Kate comes up and she gets caught in the web too, and that's where uh, Gizmo comes and saves the day. What? Kate got caught in the web? Did she not? They were both caught in the web, I right? didn't think she was caught. She came up and she's she actually starts pulling the web away from Marla because yeah, she, she confronts her cutting, about Billy. Remember? She starts cutting the web. She's like. But I thought you know. she got caught in there too. No. That's why I think she she sees Marla stuck in there and then she starts talking like, you know, what what was up with you? Well they get cornered by the spider. Yeah. Is what the deal is. Like they kinda get free, but they have to keep on backing away because they're getting cornered by the spider. Yeah, I think that's more accurate. Yeah. So they But they have that little exchange where Marla's like, yeah. you know, nothing happened when Billy and I went to dinner. Was that after the spider was killed? I think no, it was, was before. before the spider. And then the spider shows up and then yeah. Gizmo comes and Pushes him further into the web. Yeah. But Kate wasn't in the web. She started pulling it away from Marla when Marla said, oh, nothing happened. And Kate's like, oh, fine, good enough. And then the spider gets her in the web. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Gizmo comes and saves the day. That spider went up quick. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. I love the little movie references where Gizmo just wants to imitate whatever he sees on television. (laughs) Uh, So then we get to everyone's down in the basement. There's the New York, New York song that is sung by, you said Brain sings that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he's the only one that can sing. That's right. He's the only one who can talk, really. Well, he's the only one that's good at singing. I'm pretty sure some of the other gremlins yeah. sing at some point. Yeah, they're like, a... he's the only one who could talk. It's like, well, they all talk, but yeah. they all just kind of say words randomly. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one that can speak proper English. Yeah. More yeah. than just gizmo caca. Was well, <laughs> it something that he actually says? It's just caca? You didn't notice that? No. They say that over and over again. I think it's Mohawk that say that's saying it. Like he keeps coming up behind Gizmo and be like, Gizmo Kaka and then he grabs him and like drags him somewhere. So he just he call, did that multiple times. He's just calling him shit the whole time or <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well then Lady Gremlin gets in the the act. They do got a whole uh song and dance. Oh, number. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I don't know how she got out of there because the elevators were broken then. Like two scenes later, she's on the forty seventh floor, again. Probably ca- crawled through the elevator <laughs> shaft or something. It's pretty extravagant. Uh, I think they forgot. Up. I think they forgot that she was upstairs raping uh, Forrester, and then they're like, "But she's got to be part of this musical act." 
<laughs> and so they cut that in there, and then they're like, oh, well, it'd be funny if she still raping Forster at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, what about continuity? Uh, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it took forever to film that final scene. There's so many moving puppets, and it's probably why there's 93 people involved in visual effects, because there's so many yeah. puppeteers were involved. All yeah, that. that scene was pretty crazy. And so at the... I think their plan is kaput, but they uh, Billy thinks, hey, wait a second, yeah. electric gremlin. But the, you know, the gremlin was on hold, and so how do they uh, force it out there again? They transfer it down. They do yep. a remote transfer. Mm-hmm. To the uh, kind of a receptionist desk downstairs. We skipped the Lincoln's birthday story. We got all wrapped up in this. Yeah, we did. Go back to Lincoln's story. I don't know. It was right after they got the spider gremlin. Mm. Yeah. I was telling you earlier, uh, there's about 30 minutes in the movie where Kate just isn't in it. <laughs> yeah, she kind of uh, disappears for a while. And I, I couldn't remember what she did last, and then she just shows up, and she's in the hallway where Marla is. And I thought, what happened to her? Where has she been? She's yeah. been in the bottom of the building in that elevator <laughs> shaft. Yes, so maybe she's been climbing the stairs the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what what was the? I don't even remember how they uh, they started the story. Maybe it's in your clip. Yeah, I don't did know how something much remind her of that? No, I didn't. I didn't get a clip of it. Oh, I thought you said you got a clip of it. Not a Lincoln one. No. I thought you did. Did he not say he had a clip of it? I said a clip of the interview and, I don't know, merchandising. But, yeah, I don't know. Something reminded her of Well, you didn't have to go back story, to it. I thought right? you had a clip. I, that's why I went back to it. No. No clip for that. I just thought it was weird that I thought that was even let of, her finish it. I thought it was one of the clips that I said, you should probably get that. No. Oh, well. Well, we don't have to talk about it then. I'll talk about it. Go for it. <laughs> I just thought it was cool how they took like all the criticisms that people might have had of the first movie and then incorporated them into the second one. Like you're saying the part where they're talking about the rules and how silly, you know, they are and yeah. they don't make any sense. And then this part it's like she starts talking, "Oh, something terrible happened on Lincoln's birthday." And it's like mocking, you know, her story about what happened on Christmas in the first movie cuz I mean, I I mean I think I read that there was kind of a reaction to that like why why is that in the movie that's just such a weird and sudden change in tone of the whole thing you know yeah so this one they're like making fun of that because she starts telling it and then they're just like okay honey come on let's just <laughs> let's just move along you know yeah the whole film is very self uh self-referential that way yeah well in the first movie billy wasn't listening anyways so <laughs> at least in this one he he just like has Here we go again. I've heard this before. <laughs> like, how many... She's got a story for every holiday. I don't know what's <laughs> up with her. Lincoln's birthday isn't even a holiday. Like, is is, is was, she talking about President's Day? It or? was back then. Yeah. Really? And they just combined them, right? Yeah. To make for President's Day. Because Lincoln's Day. birthday and Washington's birthday were holidays. Oh. And then they're like, what about the other presidents? Let's be inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so they split the difference and put it. The mm. third Monday of February. It's President's Day. Okay. But you used to get two days off of work in February. Yeah. Not now. Damn it. There's not enough days to have two days off. Yep. Especially in February. 
Yeah. Missing enough days as it is. That's what I mean. Like, you're already three days uh, short of a regular month. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they uh, transfer the call down, and the electric gremlin zips about the lobby, electrocuting all the other gremlins. Yeah, Murray. Except uh, for the female. Yeah, Futterman uh, sprayed them with the... uh, the hose. The fire hose, which was the weakest fire hose I've ever seen. <laughs> Are you crazy? He's just dribbling on them. Hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> and so they're popping, and they're all wet, and then the electricity gremlin comes, and they all fucking melt, which was a pretty sweet effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when Clamp and the SWAT team <laughs> try to bust in, save the day. Yeah. Apparently, if you have enough money, they'll just let you join the SWAT team. <laughs> like, okay, here's Lead a gun. It. And then you, you get to be in front. You're the point man. <laughs> it took him three or four tries to find a door that was unlocked. <laughs> yeah. He eats shit as soon as he gets up there. <laughs> he steps right in all the goo. Mm-hmm. I like, too, there's a couple of SWAT team members that are just, like, putting, uh, you know, Doing the double tap on the gremlins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What <laughs> happened? It moved. It moved, yeah. <laughs> okay. Carry on. <laughs> I have a clip here from uh, Clamp talking to Billy and Kate and Gizmo. Are you Mrs. Peltzer? Yes. Well, I'm going to be. <laughs> What's that? Oh, this is Gizmo. What? He's a Mogwai. It's funny. I look at him. You know what I see? What's that, sir? Dolls with suction cups staring out car windows. A big float in the Macy's Day Parade. Has anybody ever talked to you about merchandising? Talk to me? Yeah. No. Well, there is definitely something there. Maybe lose that headband, though. He likes the headband. It's flexible, Bill. Um, excuse me, will you? You know, a lot of buildings wouldn't stand up for this intense use. Whoa. Go home now. Yeah, I remember those uh, gizmo suction cup stuffed toys on car windows back in the day. They were mm-hmm. everywhere. But I'm wondering if they became popular after the first one, so they're kind of joking about it, referencing yeah. the fact that yeah, it was merchandised after the first. I was going to look up if they had a, a float or a balloon at the Macy's Day Parade of Gizmo. I'm sure they did. It was a pretty big hit. Probably. It surprise me if they did it for one or two years. Yeah. But yeah, that thus ends the reading. It's pretty much the end of Gremlins 2 because then they can go home now. Yeah. And then uh, Daffy comes back and takes over Porky Pig's uh, That's All Folks. Mm-hmm. And it does not end well for Daffy Duck. <laughs> I don't know if you watched the, the end credits, but Daffy Duck pops up a few times in the end credits to make some sarcastic comments. Oh, I missed like, that. Why you still here? Long, ain't it? Mm. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. Uh, in a deleted scene, the gremlins release all the animals in the Splice of Life lab. During the filming of this scene, the monkeys in the lab set were generally so terrified of the gremlin puppets that they refused to leave their cages <laughs> when the trainers called for them. So that was pretty cool. That's funny. The opening aerial shot of New York City was stock footage from Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Here's a fun fact. As I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, with that mother uh, kind of accosting the uh, Bartel, mm-hmm. complaining about the movie. I said it was kind of based on a real-life experience. 
Uh, during a screen of Gremlins in 84, uh, director Joe Dante really was severely criticized by a mother who walked out of the theater with her daughter during the infamous kitchen massacre sequence. The daughter begged to be let back in the theater, got free from the mother, and hid in the theater to watch the rest of the movie. <laughs> what a terrible mother. She, how long did she look for her? And it was dark it's like, in there. It yelling. seems they're like there's still like another at least half an hour after that. Yeah. Here's another fun fact. In the original script, Randall Peltzer was to return after the gremlins were killed at the end and give to Gizmo his newest invention. A wetsuit-like thing that would prevent Gizmo from ever getting wet again, <laughs> therefore preventing any sort of gremlin problems in the future, provided it never made after midnight. Uh, the scene was all set to shoot, and Hoyt Axton was available to shoot the scene, but the filmmakers figured that the movie was already running too long, and they never used the scene anyway, so it was never shot. Plus, they're supposedly still making Gremlins 3 right now. Yeah, supposedly. They've been talking about that for years, haven't they? But I think it's gotten a lot more steam over the past year or, or so. Hmm. I believe Joe Dante's back for it. Cool. You kind of have to have him, I suppose. That'll be fun if that happens. The movie that Grandpa Fred presents in a show uh, as the, the attack of the octopus people is, in fact, Octoman from 71, which featured the first costume designed by Rick Baker, which was involved with this movie. You guys have any more fun facts over there? Mm, not really. I don't think so. I googled some, but they're all from the first movie. I think that's about it. All right for the fun facts. You don't say. As opposed to the not-so-fun facts. <laughs> the sad facts. Let's try to confirm Rick Baker involved in this. <laughs> There's an article about how the Gremlins 2 creators feel about their Donald Trump parody now. Hmm. I bet it's just 100% positive. <laughs> so Rick Baker was a co-producer on this film. I don't see any other credits for him. I mean, for Gremlins 2. I'm sure you oversaw a lot of the stuff in the makeup department, special effects. Put the people in the right places. I'm over here now. <laughs> You've seen the show Dice. Yeah, not all of it, but... I think it was the, the last season they did. He was in a uh, stage production, and he's like, I'm going to be... If, they, if there's a guy that says, places everybody, I'm just going to be... I'm over here now. <laughs> 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 and so every time they were at rehearsals and somebody would say places everybody dice would go i'm over here now <laughs> uh it's a great show dice oh so any other anything else to add to gremlins 2 the new batch we forgot it was not a christmas movie mm -hmm. yeah so sorry it just not, seemed like I remember it being so much involved. I knew it took place in an office building, but... It seems like it should so much, be. There's so many visual things in there. You, thinking back in my vague memory, I'm like, I think I saw a bunch of tinsel in there. I think it was around Christmas time. Or yeah. Christmas trees or wreaths or something. <clears throat> Nothing. He's probably thinking of Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They both take place in big buildings. So, 
It doesn't really matter that it's not a Christmas movie. It's a sequel to a Christmas movie, so it's good enough. We just gave you two solid Christmas movies with Die Hard and Christmas Vacation, so that'll probably do it for our holiday movies. We'll come up with something new to do after we'll probably take a little break. Maybe come back after the new year. And then uh, I know Brett and I were thinking of doing kind of a string of movies that we used to watch a lot from our childhood. So they might be terrible movies, but ones that we love from <laughs> like, when we were kids that we used to watch over and over again. Like what? I don't know. I was thinking, uh, what was one you were thinking of? Oh, what? Like I me? was thinking of Surf Ninjas. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll do that one. That's yeah, sure. That's Brad's favorite movie of all time. Brad? That works with us. Brad. Oh, yeah? That's his favorite movie. He <laughs> talked about it in a meeting one time a few years ago. <laughs> we, like, we're going around talking about favorite movies, and he goes, Surf Ninjas. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, there's other people in this room that have seen that? Yeah. <laughs> no, that movie was definitely a part of my childhood. Yeah. I'm I'm in for that one. I think I mentioned Meteor Man to you. Yeah. I used to watch that a lot as a kid. It was more of a uh, potential superhero slate of movies. Yeah, we're talking about superhero movies that aren't strictly Marvel or... I'd probably pick one of the... Untraditional superhero movies. I'd pr- uh, as far as childhood movies, I'd probably go with one of the Ninja Turtles movies. Yeah, I'd go with one of those. One of the first two, not the third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of, uh, one of the first two. Let's put the third one on the never list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have. I can't remember. <laughs> Turtles in time. Get it? Because we made a video game to tie it in with it. and Get it's it? in the arcades. And I remember I was so pissed off at that movie because in the trailer, I vividly remember there being a scene where they they got flung over a castle wall in a catapult. Yeah. And in the movie, there's no catapult. <laughs> They climb it with like these hooks, like they're climbing a rock or a mountain. I watched the trailer recently, and is there a catapult? Uh, I don't remember for sure, but probably. Because they were like, "What the hell? Where's the catapult?" <laughs> I, hate, I, ha- I had a catapult. I hate that when they do that in trailers. Like, stop putting scenes in your trailer that aren't in your movie. I had the toy, but then I could have I could have confused it with the catapult from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Mm. Which had come out just a couple of years earlier, which he uses. I have not seen. I had action one. figures from both films, so <laughs> could have crossed over. But I remember the turtles using it, but then not in the movie. Yeah, I was very confused. I would not pick that one. I was a confused eight-year-old boy. I only have <laughs> that movie because it was cheaper to get the trilogy on Blu-ray than to get the first two individually. Well, of course. <laughs> Same reason I have it over there. Um. But yeah, lots of stuff in the works. Looking looking forward to bigger and better things in 2019. It's coming up on us fast. Sure is. So, so with that being said, please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a
you dork, man. What are you talking Check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you lost my case.